You're listening to Seed of the Woman, a podcast dedicated to telling the grandest story of all and to exposing the mystery of 666. Randall Gilmore here. In this episode, I'm going to continue telling the backstory of the beast out of the sea, the man of Satan's choosing, the seed of the serpent, the one who rises at the end of the age to dominate the world. And I think you'll find this interesting because I'm going to show you how all of this is tied to the final seven years prior to Jesus' return. And as I continue telling this story, I'm going to remind you that the things that happened during the final seven years are not just going to fall out of the sky someday to surprise the world. They will emerge from the historical events that precede them, events I'm calling their historical antecedents. So for example, Revelation chapters 12 and 13 indicate that during the final seven years prior to Jesus' return, Satan turns his attention to the woman, who is Israel, to destroy her and thereby discredit God and his promises. But just because this happens during the final seven years doesn't mean Satan is waiting until then to stir things up. At the time of recording this episode, thousands of rockets are raining down on Israel from Hamas and Gaza. The sky over many Israeli cities lit up both by the rockets and by Israel's air defense system, the Iron Dome. Buildings are on fire. People on both sides are dying. Others are rioting, even within Israel itself, and there's no end in sight as The situation continues to escalate. All of this is happening now, not because we're already living in the last seven years, but because we're living in a prelude to those years, a prelude that forms what I'm calling the historical antecedents to the end of the age. And in addition to attacks on Israel, we see other parts of the prelude also on display currently. I'm referring once again to the values, beliefs, and practices we can identify now as influencing the political, economic, and religious systems that already exist in the world, and that will come together someday under the control of Satan and the beast out of the sea. Meanwhile, we wait, and we serve, just as Old Testament Daniel did long ago under the rule of an evil tyrant by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. It wasn't the final seven years back then either. Nevertheless, Daniel and others recognized the beliefs values, and practices of Babylon for what they were, beliefs, values, and practices of a brand of paganism that got its start in Babel. By the way, did you know the Hebrew word translated Babylon in Daniel chapter 1 is Babel? So the story of the city we know as Babylon is a continuation of the story of the same city that built the tower and whose citizens God dispersed over the face of the earth. Now, tying all this together and understanding that it's all part of a single narrative, that's one of the central reasons for the Gospel Story Arc project. And by telling more of the epic story found in Scripture, which is rightfully called the story of the seed of the woman, by telling more of this epic story, the goal is to prepare you and others to recognize and endure the times leading up to the final seven years. You can learn more about the Gospel Story Arc project 
including the messaging that we lead with to tell more of Jesus' story from our website, gospelstoryarc.org. And by the way, I hope you'll consider supporting the Gospel Story Arc Project and this podcast. Both are made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. You can find more information in the notes for this episode. And remember, it's your story too. I'll take a quick break and return shortly with more on the backstory of the beast out of the sea and the final seven years. In previous episodes, I began telling the backstory of the beast out of the sea from Revelation 12, 1 through 6, where we saw a woman who appears as a great sign in heaven, a woman about to give birth to a male child. And this child is destined to rule the nations with a rod of iron. But the verses also tell of a dragon who tries to destroy the child, but without success. So the dragon turns against the woman who escapes into the wilderness for 1260 days. Now, we've already established that the woman in these verses is Israel, and the dragon is Satan. And the 1260 days during which the woman escapes into the wilderness, well, they are literal days. And one of the ways we know this is because of the other terms used in Revelation to describe the same period of time in connection to the length of a zodiacal year. So, 1260 days, 42 months, and the expression time, times, and half a time all are found in Revelation chapters 12 and 13 and all refer to a literal three and one-half years. And we see in these three and one-half years a clear connection to the Old Testament book of Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, because that's where we find the same expression, time, times, and half a time. And there it's tied to an end-time figure that's described in language almost identical to the beast out of the sea in Revelation 13. But how do we know that the three and one-half years of Revelation 13 and Daniel 7 are tied to the final seven years just prior to Jesus' return? You know, the book of Revelation itself never refers directly to a period of seven years that comes before Jesus' return. The number seven does appear in Revelation. In fact, it appears 36 times, but not once tied to the number of years leading up to the return of Jesus. To make that connection, we have to go back to the book of Daniel, to another prophecy that refers to three and one-half years that are part of a longer period, a period that lasts for seven years overall. The prophecy is one that Daniel received directly from the angel Gabriel. God sent Gabriel to answer Daniel's prayer for Jerusalem. At the time, Jerusalem was really suffering, and it looked as though it would be lost forever. So here's what Gabriel said according to Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after the sixty-two weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. 
Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate, until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Now, there's a lot to unpack in these verses. But the focus for now is to establish that the three and one-half years of Revelation chapters 12 and 13 are part of the final seven years prior to Jesus' return. So I'll start by pointing out that the word weak in this prophecy is literally a seven. It's a word that stands in this prophecy for a period of seven years. And that brings us to the prophecy's reference to three and one-half years. It comes near the end when Gabriel says, quote, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. The words, and for half of the week, refer to three and one-half years. It's the same amount of time that we've already seen in Revelation 12 and 13, where we've seen a connection between the beast out of the sea and the final three and one-half years prior to Jesus' return. Now, back in Daniel chapter 9, Gabriel says, a total of 70 of these weeks of seven years are decreed about your people and your holy city. Daniel's people, of course, are the Jews. And the holy city? Well, that's Jerusalem. And just so you know that Gabriel didn't pull the number 70 out of thin air, 70 was the number of sabbatical years that Israel had failed to keep in obedience to God's law. This means they failed to keep the sabbatical year over the course of 490 years. Now God holds them to account. Seventy weeks of seven years each equals 490 years. Now as the details of the prophecy unfold, Angel Gabriel divides the total of 70 weeks of 70 years each into smaller units. The first lasts for seven weeks of seven years each, or a total of 49 years. And the second lasts for 62 weeks of seven years each, an additional 434 years. These first two divisions account for all but the last week of seven years. Now you should know that the reason for the first grouping of weeks is because they mark the exact time when the 70 weeks of seven years each begin, starting, quote, from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince. The reason for the second group of an additional 62 weeks, rather than the remaining 63, is because of what happens at the end of the 62. That's when, quote, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. Now you can find a lot more detail about both of these divisions in many Bible commentaries. My favorite is one entitled, The Coming Prince, by Sir Robert Anderson. Sir Robert Anderson served in the late 1800s as Scotland Yard's Assistant Commissioner of Metropolitan Police and Chief of the Criminal Investigation Division. He also became a well-known Bible teacher and author. Because of his diligence and scholarship, his writings became instant classics. In The Coming Prince, Sir Robert Anderson lays out a detailed timeline, showing that the event referred to by the first division of seven weeks happened on the first day of Nisan, which is the name of a Jewish month, in the year 445 BC. That's when Artaxerxes, at the urging of Nehemiah, issued the command to rebuild Jerusalem. The second period of 62 weeks, by Anderson's reckoning, 
actually ends on the day Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so, the anointed one who is cut off back in Gabriel's prophecy is none other than Jesus, the seed of the woman. Jesus is cut off at the end of the 62 weeks, which is actually the end of the first 69 weeks overall. And that brings us to the 70th week of the prophecy, or the final seven years. This is a period of time the world is yet to see. So keep in mind, in the beginning, Gabriel said the 70 weeks of the seven years each had six purposes. To finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. The language used here indicates more than just a climax to the story. It indicates resolution, finished transgression, an end to sin, atonement for iniquity, everlasting righteousness, sealed vision and prophecy, and the permanent anointing of a most holy place. All of these in relation to Israel have yet to be completely fulfilled. And so the final seven years of the 70th week belong to a time still in the future. Meanwhile, Gabriel told Daniel how to recognize the beginning of this final seven years. It begins when a prince that is coming shall make a strong covenant with many. But in the middle of this final seven years, three and one half years in, the final desolations begin. And these are the very desolations that Revelation 13 describes in association with both the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth. These are the sorts of things that tie what happens in Revelation 12 and 13 to the final seven years prior to Jesus' return. So as we read the backstory of the beast out of the sea and begin to move into the story of his rise to power, we can recognize that we're reading about something that will happen in the future during the final seven years. Meanwhile, we can also realize that this is where the historical prelude that we're living through now is headed. But what else does Revelation 12 and 13 signal about the rise of the beast out of the sea? And what are we to understand about the dragon's seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on each of its heads? And what about the strong covenant that Gabriel said was made with many for those final seven years? More next time on Seed of the Woman. <laughs>